Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm thankful for the teaching of the Word of God. The book of Joshua chapter 6, if you'll go, and I'm sorry, you can be seated. I know we've been standing a while. The book of Joshua chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. And the word of the Lord says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all of the people shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him." And so with the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, just for a few minutes, and I literally mean that, a few minutes, that's not evangelistically speaking. You know how sometimes you'll hear us preachers say, just for a few minutes, an hour and ten minutes later. But I, I literally mean that this morning. So uh, this is there is no runway. We're fixing helicopter takeoff and helicopter land. So y'all stay with me and... Uh, I'll have you to dinner shortly. But I, I, I want, with the help of the Holy Ghost, to talk to us from this subject, making sense out of nonsense. Making sense out of nonsense. Have you ever experienced a scenario in your life where what God is requiring you to do does not make sense? And I know some of you think, well, I, I don't want to answer that because I don't want God to think that I'm not trusting Him or that I'm doubting Him. Or maybe you're thinking, I don't want to answer that because I don't want to sound unspiritual. Well, I'll answer it for all of us, and I'm going to say yes. Yes, there have been times when God doesn't make sense to me. But let me clarify that. There are times when what God is saying to me or telling me to do or telling me where to go or telling me what I shouldn't do doesn't make sense. In other words, it isn't logical. It doesn't fit in my how-to-do box. And most of the problems that the children of Israel had was the fact that God very often did not make sense to them. We find it throughout the Word of God, the specific instruction that He gave them, and it didn't make sense. Many times God directed them to go a direction or to do something that made no sense. When He led the children of Israel out of Egypt, instead of taking the shortcut, He took them a long way around and led them directly to the Red Sea. 
Now, honestly, what makes sense about that? Why wouldn't you have took the shortcut? They're running from Pharaoh, running from the army. Why would you go out of your way to make the journey longer? Ten different times the children of Israel angered God through their stubbornness and their rebellion, and it was basically because God didn't make any sense to them. So they would rise up and rebel. Job 19 and 3 says, These ten times have ye reproached me. Ye are not ashamed that ye, may, that ye make yourselves strange to me. Now, I don't have a Ph.D. in theology, but I've come to believe that the most important thing in the heart of God concerning His children is He wants us to believe. He, he wants to be trusted. He wants to be believed by us. And He will do things and He will direct His children to do things that don't make any sense to us. And sometimes I can say that God doesn't make any sense to me even when He's silent. Even when He's talking to me, Brother Williams, or when He's not talking to me. I, I, I'm in trouble. I need you, God. Why can't I hear from you? It doesn't make sense that you wouldn't talk to me or come along and comfort me at this time. And sometimes I can say that God doesn't make any sense to me because it seems that He's doing nothing about my problems. Here I am in peril and disarray, and where is God? He doesn't make sense to me because He asked me to do something that hurts my pride. Did it make sense that Naaman, to Naaman that he would go dip in a muddy river Call Jordan and he can be completely cleansed from leprosy? Did it make any sense to the children of Israel to get up every morning and then go out and walk silently around Jericho like we read earlier, except for the blowing of ram's horns once every day for six days and seven times on the seventh day and then to shout? Did it make any sense for Peter to go fishing to get money to pay for his taxes? Did it make any sense for Jesus to spit in the dirt, make a mud pie, put it on a blind man's eye, and send him across town to wash it out? Did it make sense for Peter to simply throw his net on the other side of the boat to catch fish when he had told all night on the opposite side only to catch nothing? And did it make sense for Elisha to cut off and throw a stick into the water where an axe head had sunk? in hopes that it would rise back up. So I, I'll ask the question again, and maybe you can answer it with me. Are there times when God doesn't make sense to us? And yes. And I will even go so far as to say to you that in my life, most of the time, God doesn't make sense to me at all. And think about this. Does it make sense to you that you can take a piece of fabric pray over it, put some oil on it, and when that fabric or that apron or that cloth is placed on someone with sickness, the sickness would leave them and their bodies would be healed. I mean, if you really think about that, that doesn't make much sense. And we know it's not the cloth. The cloth itself doesn't have any healing power. The cloth is just a visual demonstration of faith. It's faith in Jesus Christ that does the healing. It's our faith. Does it make any sense that with your mouth you can say, In Jesus' name, I plead the blood. And the demons and the gates of hell of this world cannot cross that bloodline. One thing I've learned about God over the past few years in my life is this. What we want from God is sense. And what God wants from us is faith. God is not a sense God. He's a faith God. And walking with God is not a sense walk. It's a faith walk. I'll say that again. God is not a sense God. He is a faith God. And walking with God is not a sense walk. 
It's a faith walk. We make this journey every day in, in, in faith. And I have missed some of my greatest blessings and some of my greatest breakthroughs in life because I wouldn't do, wouldn't say, wouldn't go, when, and where God said. Why? Because what God was saying didn't make any sense. We want God to be logical. He wants us to be obedient. We want God to explain everything to us before we move, but God wants us to move without Him explaining anything. You know, there's a possibility that there were some scientific equations that went into the walls of Jericho coming down. There is a possibility that scientifically, somehow, the continuous blowing of ram's horns and the single stored-up shout created a massive sonic wave that disrupted the molecules that held the wall together, and that's what caused it to fall. I, I guess that's possible. But God didn't have a scientific conference with Joshua and explain all these details to him. He simply told him what to do, and Joshua did it. Joshua, Joshua had enough faith, and that's how God works. He gives the orders, no explanation, and he leaves it up to you and I to obey or to disobey. It's possible, very possible, that there was some kind of healing ingredient in the mud of the Jordan River that attacked leprosy. Possibly, but even if that was true, God didn't explain that to Naaman. He just told him to go and dip. And the point is, God knows all the logistics of why He does what He does, the way He does, and when He does it. But He doesn't require from us logistic agreement. He requires from us faith and obedience. And I believe we're living in such a time that our very survival may hinge on the simple obedience to God's directions even when they don't make sense. If you've paid attention, I try to steer clear from the news, but um, you, your head's in the sand if you ain't paying attention to what's going on with Israel lately. And I'm telling you, church, family, we are drawing. <laughs> We're drawing to the end. Everything that this book says is playing out, and we're fixing to enter a time in this, in this country. We're fixing to enter a time where we better trust God and have faith in Him, or we'll find ourselves, by the way, in the last several years, it seems like we've been on a roller coaster in this country. And many times, we haven't been able to make sense of what God is doing or what He's not doing. But I believe, I, I earnestly believe that I've had a revelation about that. I believe that, I believe that what He has been doing is allowing us to feel that way, to bring us to a place where we can walk in simple obedience. God calls it faith. And I believe he's bringing the church to a place where we have nothing else. to. Our money ain't going to be good enough. Our clothes ain't going to be good enough. The home you live in ain't going to be good enough. You're going to need some faith to make it through these last days. Recently, I carried my mother-in-love and her brother and her cousin on a day trip to Tampa. And uh, I, I drove all over the state of Florida and all over the southeast of this country. And Jenny, she was terrified of the interstate. So I would travel back roads wherever we went as much as I could. Normal trip that would take me four hours by myself, I'd have to take her and it'd take a seven. You know, and somebody wanted to know, well, why are you going around the long way? And I would just have to revert back to the old adage my grandpa would tell me, when mama's happy, everybody's happy. 
So, so if it meant Brother Donnie riding some back roads for a few extra hours, that's what we did. But coming home from Tampa, I decided to get off the interstate and cut through the woods. And my, my poor mother-in-law was so confused about where we were and how we would get home. And her brother was turned around. He thought we was going to Miami. And uh, we, we, he was convinced that I was headed to Miami and we was going in the wrong direction. And I, but I wasn't. I, I knew exactly exactly where we were going, and I had to reassure them time and time again, trust me, trust me, we're going to get home. It, it was a different route, it looked different, but it was, it was going to carry us back directly to where we needed to go. I said, I assure you, if you'll just lay back and close your eyes in about an hour and a half, we'll be in O'Brien, Florida. And you know, I think God says the same thing to us today. He's saying, if you'll just trust me, I'm going to get you home. I, I'll, I'll get you through this. I know where I'm at, and I know where I'm going, even if you don't. And I wonder how many times we get aggravated at God because He's not keeping to the route I planned for. That's not how I pictured this happening, God. And then if I'm not careful, I get a wrong spirit in my attitude, and I say, well, if you ain't going to do it my way, God, then I'm not going to do it. No telling what we miss out on because we won't step out in faith and trust God. We're wanting to close our eyes and tell God how we want it to play out. And God is telling us to close our spiritual eyes and watch how He plays it out and watch His plans. We know that our ways are not His ways. And if we could ever get the principle, it would be wonderful because we would realize, if I, if I just realized, if I simply trusted God, with every aspect of my life, you're talking about a tremendous weight off of my shoulders. That would, that's, that's truly, and I say that shamefully this morning. I, I find myself doubting. I, I'm just being honest. I find myself doubting sometimes how things are going to work out. But if I would just trust God, I could lay that worry and that fear and that intrepidation down and just let Him do what He does. He's God and He controls everything, we don't have to understand the mechanics or the scientifics of it all. All we have to do, all I have to do, is trust and obey. Trust and obey. God says, stretch the rod out over the sea, Moses. But why, God? What's the logic behind that? How, how long do I have to hold it there? Do I have it at the right angle? Do I got the right end pointing at the sea? But God, God doesn't get involved with that. God says, simply says, do it. Fill the water pots. Fill the, water, the pots with water. But God, they've asked for wine. Just, just do what God says. I'm going to ask our musicians to come, and I, I say this respectfully. But as Christians, our biggest problem is not with the devil. Our biggest problem is, why, God? When, God? How, God? There's a chorus they sometimes sing, and it says to me what we should be saying to God. It simply says, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. And when the Spirit of God speaks to us, even if it don't make sense, when He doesn't move the way we want Him to move, when healing comes in stages instead of instantly, 
I said, when healing comes in stages instead of instantly, I, I uh, not for sympathy, but I hurt my shoulder, my left shoulder Friday. And so Friday night, I slept in the bed with an ice pack and rode in a semi-truck yesterday for about 13 hours with a chunk of ice sitting up on my shoulder. And so I told the men this morning that I, Brother Larry and Brother Junior and Brother Allen, I said, I want y'all to pray for me at prayer time. I said, my shoulder's giving me a fit. Brother Larry spoke up and said, well, let's pray right now. And this is testimony. I'm not boasting. But I'm telling you right now, it's not completely gone. But I couldn't hardly bear the pain this morning. And now, it's bearable. I'm not completely healed, but I, I know. If the healing doesn't come at all, do you trust and obey? Do I still trust God though He didn't heal Jenny? Sister Sherry, do you still trust God though He took Brother Jason? Sister Mary, do you still trust God though He took Brother Webb? I pose to everyone in this house, to anyone who's experienced a catastrophic event in your life, do you still trust Him? Absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. We're like the disciples, or at least I am. God, where else can I go? What else can I do? When the financial breakthrough seems like it will never come, when the children that you've prayed for and wept over and travailed for seem further away from God than they've ever been, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning and I think that if we acknowledge that we don't know what He's doing, but that's okay, we're going to trust Him anyway and we trust His timing and the main thing is that we keep praising Him because of the praise is a voice of faith. If you want something from God and you believe in that He can do it, I admonish you this morning, praise God and thank Him for it in advance, knowing that it'll be done. Knowing that it'll be done. One old preacher, one old preacher says, praised and be raised or complain and remain. And sometimes God says march. Sometimes he says stand still and be quiet. I told Joshua to shout. Sometimes he says I want you to wait for the waters to part. And then sometimes he says I want you to step into the waters and then they'll part. <laughs> Sometimes he says, run to the battle. And then sometimes he says, wait and listen to the rustling of the mulberry trees. He says, go very often. But he also says, stay. And sometimes he says, yes. And sometimes he says, no. And sometimes he says, not just yet. And sometimes what God tells you and I to do will be the most illogical move that could possibly be made. In Joshua chapter 3, the Jordan River was at flood stage and God said, I'm going to take you across. Joshua said, well, hallelujah, praise God. I I sort of doubt that was his response. I I can almost, if I close my eyes and think hard enough, I can see Joshua standing there and saying, God, that, that doesn't make much sense. Is there a plan B that we can consider? Is there something else we can do? But you know what Joshua did? Despite it not making any sense, 
despite it not being logical at all, he obeyed. And he ordered the priest to step in. And the waters parted. And they crossed to the other side. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I, I don't know what out of the ordinary, illogical thing that God might be asking of you. But I can tell you this. Your miracle, your healing, and your breakthrough is on the other side of obedience. Even, even when it doesn't make sense. What God is asking you to do, I'll submit to you today, if you will step out in faith, and, and I believe this in the Holy Ghost, I'm charging somebody today to step out in faith in whatever it is that you are needing in your life, but God has asked you to do something that you're not so sure about. I'm asking you to gather around these altars and ask God to speak to you one more time and show you what it is that He wants. And when He does, be honest enough to say, God, that does not make any sense. But I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I want to go, God, I want to go under. I want to go around. I want to go over. And God says, I'm going to take you through it. I promised you I would never leave you nor forsake you. I'm asking for the next few minutes that we would just gather around this altar Lend our hearts to the Lord and just magnify Him and thank Him for His goodness. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.